Deacon Hill and his family is out this morning, and Sister Debbie and Tyrone, uh, they probably got in late last night. I think they had another pre-occasion, so we're praying for them. We thank God for everybody that made it out this morning. Go to the book of St. Mark, chapter 2. St. Mark, chapter 2. We're going to do a little bit different this morning. I'm going to do about a half hour, and then it's going to kind of transcend itself into another area. And we're going to title this message, Why Do Sheep Go Astray? We're going to be dealing with the nature of sheep in the second half of this message. I believe that it will be a very inspiring message to God's body. It's ironic that Jesus would call us sheep, did it for reason. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Blessed Father, our glorious Savior, thank you, Jesus, for saving all of our pitiful souls. God, we are magnificently grateful to you this morning that you would think enough of us to see fit to save us. God, we thank you for that. We want to keep Mississippi and Louisiana in prayer. Father, we know that there are some bereaved souls this time down there because of the loss of family, lives that were taken through the nature's disasters that came through. Father, we ask that you will strengthen those people down there. Show them your kindness and your compassion in the midst of all this. Father, we just thank you for your blessings upon House of Destiny, our families, our health, our stability. Father, we just want to be grateful. We want to show gratitude toward you, toward life, and toward one another. Father, we thank you for your many blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to preach about half an hour on one section and then we're going to go into another area of the nature of sheep. It's going to kind of like transcend itself. Let's look at St. Mark chapter 2 verses 15 through 17. Everybody have it please say amen. Bible says, and it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, 
Many publicans and sinners sat also together with him, or together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. Many of y'all know that there are many sinners and publicans in Jesus' house. And there are many sinners and publicans that follow him. And when the scribes and the Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said unto them, They that are whole have... No need of a physician or doctor. They that are sick. Jesus said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Well, let's see what the word of the Lord is saying here to us individually. We have to catch it individually before we'll be able to unite together as a team. Jesus, the power and the wisdom of God, it sat at meat in his house. The Bible explicitly declares that this body is the temple of the living God. And the Spirit of God dwells in us. 1 Corinthians 3.16. 1 Corinthians, I think, 6.19, I believe it goes on. And it talks about how the temple is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost dwells in us. It's God's temple. This house. And we see that God or Jesus sat at me in his house. Somebody say his house. His house. And Jesus, when he sat at me in his house, he found that there were many publicans and sinners that sat also together with him and his disciples. Right? Bible says now, he sat at meat. When I looked up this word meat, it means to lie down. And when you lie down, it means to rest right along. So I said, oh, I'm on to something here, Lord. You're trying to show me something. So he took me back to Genesis 2, verse 7. And he gave me a revelation. Genesis 2, verse 7 says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground. That word formed in Hebrew means to make one's bed. What do you make your bed for? To lay down and rest, right? So when God formed man, God was actually making his bed to rest in. After he made man, what did he do on the seventh day? After he breathed himself into man, he rested. Did he not? 
says he formed him out of the dust of the ground. Didn't form him out the earth. Say he formed him out of the dust of the ground. The dust means rubbish because God didn't want nothing, no other ingredients, as y'all heard it before, to be inside of man except him. But on the first half of the sixth day, you'll see that he made the animals out of the earth. Look at verse 24, verse uh, 1, chapter 1, verse 24, on the sixth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth what? Living creatures. Did you write that? 124. He didn't bring man until later on in the sixth day. That's what I keep trying to get the people to understand. That it takes time. He, he did this. And then he did what he did with man on the sixth day. Then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, which is his spirit, himself. And that's when man became a living soul, which means that man went on a journey with God at that point. Are we not on a journey with it? So we're talking about rest, because remember over here back at the text, in St. Mark chapter 2, Jesus says in verse 15, it is written that he sat at meat in his house. In other words, he came to rest within us. Mm -hmm. Now look at Hebrews 4, verse 3 and verse 5. Hebrews 4, verse 3 through verse 5, talking about this rest. The Bible says in Chapter 4 of the he book of the Hebrews, verse 3 through 5, it says, For we which have believed do enter into rest. We which have believed. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they, talking about us, shall enter into whose rest? Not your own. But my rest, he wants us to enter into, you see. See, what God is trying to say is that now that God has made his bed by forming man to lie down in, God also on the seventh day brought his rest into play. That's right. Now God wants us to enter into his rest that he has brought for us inside of us. And the problem with man is that man don't seem to understand the difference between God's rest and his rest. So what happens to man is we're always confused about things because we have yet to enter into the rest of God. He said... As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest. But look what else he says. He said, although, verse 3, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, did he not sanctify the seventh day and blessed it and set it apart and he rested? 
Bible says, although the works were finished, for he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this right, and God did rest on the seventh day from all his works, meaning that his works were perfected. And in this place again, if they, talking about man, shall enter into my rest. He's still trying to get man to enter into that rest that he has sanctified, set apart, and blessed. And brought it with him to lie down and eat in his own house, as St. Mark would say. But look what happens in St. Mark chapter 2, verse 15. When he came to set at meat in his house, when he came to rest, in other words, he found publicans and sinners. It wasn't like that in the beginning before man sinned when he rested on the seventh day. See, he didn't find that in man because man hadn't sinned. But now that man has sinned and he comes to take forth his house, he finds and he sits down to rest and he sees that he's got to sit down and rest with sinners and publicans. Hmm. So when God came to sit down in us, he sat down with sinners and publicans. We're all sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So not only that, but we're all publicans because a publican is someone who likes to go forth and attain public funds. All of us go at the dollar bill. We're all tax collectors. So when Jesus came to rest in us, he found not only those that seeking after the dollar bill, but he found those that are in sin too. But he still sat down with them in his house. And there were many, and they followed him too. The body of Christ got a lot of followers, do it not? But they're still sinners and publicans. We're all sinners and publicans. Anybody in here is not a sinner? Raise your hand and tell a lie. Raise your hand and tell a lie. Because there ain't a man, woman, or child in here that don't sin daily in some way, form, or fashion. And if you say you have no sin, then you make God a lie. That's the word. But the Bible said the only impossible thing for God to do is tell a lie. He can't tell a lie. And God's word said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So who are you to look at me when you ought to be looking in the mirror and talking to yourself about you? Because if you'll do that, I'll guarantee you, you won't have time to look in somebody else's mirror. You won't. You won't.
see, 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 this thing that we're going through is too serious for us to be playing games with other people's lives like we got it all going on. This thing is too serious. See, see, that's why Jesus came to sit down with us and have a little talk with us. Even while he's resting, he's talking to us. The Bible says, Acts verse 16, St. Mark chapter 2, verse 16, it says, And when the scribes and the Pharisees, now you always got them too, them scribes and them note takers, them the ones that you said, but you said, that's the scribes. Them the ones that always talk about, but you said, well let me tell you something about you said people. In the book of Isaiah, there was a man called King Hezekiah. And King Hezekiah, God had told the prophet Isaiah to go tell Hezekiah to get his house in order because I'm going to take him out of here. Hezekiah turned his head to the wall, faced the wall, talked to God, cried. And before the anointed man of God left out the capital, King's capital, God turned him around. Go back. Tell him I'm going to add 15 more years. His life. Now, this to the church. If God reserves the right to change his mind, this is for the what you see, people. If God has and reserves the right to change his mind, and we're being made in the image and the likeness of God, do not we also have the right to change our mind about a situation? It's called wisdom, you see. When man should have died, if God hadn't reserved the right to change his mind, we wouldn't be alive today through Christ. We better be glad that we have that option to change our minds. That's for the scribes, the what you said, no take Everything you say, did they come back later? But you said, but later is a different situation. That's where wisdom kicks in at. If you don't have no wisdom and understanding about the situation, what will happen is you'll see that there's a wall there, but you'll run dead into it because you said, go this way. Yeah, but the bridge is out, so go the other way now. Use common sense. That's for the scribe spirit that's in us. Okay? But also there was them Pharisees too. Them the ones that love to wound and scatter. That's what that word means. You got that spirit in you too now. You see, Jesus, he was sitting down with sinners and publicans, but he was it's also that old self-righteous spirit in us too. Come on now, y'all. Come on, let's be for real. Everybody got a little in them. See, that's, that's that thing that'll come up and try to get you. Well, you know, you, you, you a drug addict or you a, a, a prostitute or you are this or you are that. You, you know, that's that thing that be talking to you to try to tell you you're not worthy of the kingdom. That's what that is. That's that thing that'll drive you when you want to do good and drive you to do bad and go against yourself. That's that, that's that thing in you. And not only do you have it in you, but it's also around us too. That's why we got to be careful on who we attach ourselves to. Got to understand what this word is trying to say to you this morning. You know? 
So here's Jesus. And there's four kinds of people here. Jesus runs into four types while at meat in his house. So while Jesus is resting in us, he's going to run into some sinners. He's going to run into some publicans, those that love the dollar. He's going to run into some scribes, the note takers. And he's going to run into some Pharisees, the ones that love the wound and scatter. That's what he's going to run into. Them four right there. But look what the words say. Sinners, publicans. Look at this word publican. Luke 9, 16. Look at Luke 16, 9. Excuse me. Look at Luke 16, 9. Let me show you something here. Now this is from the master. This is, this is in red. See, this will kill a self-righteous person out of scribe. See, that will kill him. Luke 16, 9, red letter. Jesus said, make yourself friends of mammons of what? Get you some sinners with some money. Huh? It's in the red. There it is. That's true. Get you some sinners with a dollar bill. Now, oh, oh, holy person, now you got a sinner over here. Hits the lottery. Want to give you a million dollars. But you so holy and broke. <coughs> Take that money. But Jesus said. Make you some friends of mammons of unrighteousness. Mammons mean people that love that money. They ain't saved, but they love that dollar. He said, make sure you got you some friends like that. So that when you fail, in other words, when you fall short, you got somebody that you can go to that'll bless you and they'll still receive you into the eternal habitation with God. In other words, they won't judge you. They'll still allow you to be who you are in God and they'll still help you. How am I making myself clear up in here this morning? I'm just showing you what the word said. Now back over. He said that St. Mark chapter 2 verse 16 said, And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat. That word eat there means when they saw him living in there with the sinners and with the publicans. They had a problem with that. <laughs> See, he was living with publicans and sinners. And they said unto his disciples, how is it that he eateth, in other words, how is it that he's living and receiving things with the publicans and the sinners? How? That's that self-righteous spirit. They want to keep God in a box. They don't want to let the light of God show nowhere. It's like it's, the, it, it, it's that candle that you put a bushel over. Where the light can't be shown. So, so the self-righteous people, they hide behind these Sunday morning and, and, uh, 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 walls in the church. But they don't want to touch nobody else's life. That's them. That's them. Now look at Luke verse, chapter 7, verse 37 through 39. Luke chapter 7.
verse 37 through 39. Are we there? The Bible says, And behold, the woman in the city, which was a what? Sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat where? Whoa. Ain't that what he did over here in Mark 15, chapter 2? He sat at meeting in his own house with sinners and publicans. Well, here he is. Now watch where he is now. It's done changed around. Watch, watch this. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat. In whose house? Pharisees. Didn't I tell you they was up in there too? See, they done tried to take over God's house. Don't want Jesus and the liberty of the Spirit to come in. Don't want that. Want to keep everybody bound up to tradition. But well, we do it this way over in uh, Baptist, and we do it that way over in the Holiness, and we do it that way over in the Zionist, and we do it that way. Why don't you just do it the way the Word of God says and forget about all that other stuff? Because all that other stuff don't mean nothing to me or God either one. It ought not mean nothing to you either if you're a child of God. What denomination the body of Christ? Is there any other? Well, if, you, if you're religious, I'll upset you up in here. I sure will. The Bible says that she brought forth an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him, weeping. Mm -hmm. Began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them With the ointment. But look at the old Pharisee in verse 39. Now when the Pharisees which had bidden saw it, he, had, he spake within himself, saying, This man, the judge, if he were a prophet, if, see, he's questioning whether God is who he say he is. If this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touch him? For she is a what? But Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So the old Pharisee was a sinner too. He was just blind. See, he can see everybody else is a sinner, but he can't see. The Word of God says, And the Word of God in the book of Isaiah goes on to say the very same thing. So if he didn't believe the New Testament, he was of the old Judaism. So Judaism teaches them in the book of Isaiah that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So he's supposed to know the Word. But the Word was only fitting to him when it was appropriate for him. But when it's not appropriate for him, then he don't want that part of it. No. I want to be the judge now. No, you, you over here, God. Your word got to be over here. I'm judging this. If he was a prophet, then he would know that this woman was a sinner. Well, if he was who he said he was as a Pharisee, supposed to be one that's learned in the Word of God, he would have known that the Word said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He hollered about it. He would have known. Well, if he would have known. 
then he wouldn't have said what he said. The blind leading the blind, and they both fall in a ditch. Luke 5, 27. Luke 5, 27 said, And after these things he went forth and saw a publican named Levi, which is Matthew, sitting at the receipt of customers, and he said unto him, Do what? So he sat at meat with sinners and Publicans, didn't he? And many of them followed him, didn't he? Didn't he tell the publican? He didn't tell the Pharisee to follow him. He told the publican, follow me. He told the sinner, follow me. Did he not? St. Mark chapter 2, verse 17. When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, They that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. And I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You see, if you look back up there, first thing he did in chapter 2 was he healed the man of palsy. See, he said, man that's whole don't need a physician, but those that are sick. He healed the man of palsy. The beginning of chapter 2, at the end of chapter 1, he cleanses the leper. And in that same chapter 1, he heals Simon Peter's mother-in-law. He casts out demons. Sounds like a lot of healing going on to me. See, those that are sick are the ones that need some help. See, I didn't come to call those that are righteous. But sinners. To repentance. Let's go to Matthew 18, verse 11 through 14. Son of man has come to save that which was lost. Mm -hmm. How think ye? Well, let's look at Luke 9:56. I want to see something here. Let's see what Luke 9:56 here, because he he's saying something here. He says. 9.56. Okay, I see here. The Son of Man has not come to destroy men's lives, but he came to save them, Luke 9.56 says. Uh -huh. John 3.17. John 3.17. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Mm -hmm. Back in the text, St. Matthew chapter 18, verse 11 through 14, he said, For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. How think ye, if a man have a hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray, do he not leave the ninety and nine, and goeth into the mountains, and seeketh that which is Gonna strike. And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoices more of that sheep than of the ninety and nine which went not astray. Even 
even so it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. It is not God's will that none of us perish. And God is not so much concerned about those who are remain with the flock as he is with that one that goes astray. See, top priority has to be given to the one that goes astray. But God didn't say, go at a goat. He said, go at a sheep. And a lot of us like to go at goats and bring them back into place and destroy everything. But you got to know when to let a goat go on out through yonder and when to go at a sheep and let a sheep come back to the fold. You got to know that. Or you will have hell in your house. Let's deal with why do sheep go astray. Let's deal with the nature sheep. The nature of a sheep, the first thing you got to understand is their flocking behavior. Sheep are best known for their strong ability to flock and follow instinct. A sheep will run when it's frightened and band together in large groups for protection. When trouble comes, if you don't have a strong leadership, the sheep will disband. They'll run. Because sheep are afraid of trouble. And if you don't have strong leadership, you got to instill that in your people. It's harder for a predator with a wolf to pick a sheep out of a group than to go after a few strays. I want you to look at Matthew 7. Now we deal with the nature of sheep. Matthew 7. I'm going to teach you something about us and why God would equate us to sheep because we're really two of a kind. That's what we are. Matthew 7, verse 15 through 16. Matthew 7, 15 and 16. He said, Beware of who? False prophets, which come to you in what kind of clothes? But inwardly they are what? They're wolves, rattling wolves, home grab. You shall know them by their what? Man. Flocking behavior. It's a strong instinct of a sheep. They love to flock together. But that's not all uh, the nature of a sheep is. A sheep likes to follow the leader, and this can be dangerous if you're not careful. When one sheep moves, the rest will follow, even if it's not a good idea. The flocking and following instinct of sheep is so strong that in eastern Turkey it caused over 400 sheep to fall off a ravine to their death. Because they were following a goat that they thought was a sheep. And he was playing with their lives. 
And he went across a 15 meter deep, which I would guess is over 75 feet. I guess. I don't know that much about meters, but I know this much. A meter is longer than a yard, and a yard is three feet. I believe I'm correct on that. But anyway, it was a long drop down. And they all followed it to its death. If the blind leads the blind, they do what? Okay, they fell in a ravine. And they died. That's because of the strong instinct to follow the leader that the sheep has. That's why the leader got to be, make sure that he's leading God's people right. I ain't saying that the leader don't make mistakes, but fatal mistakes can't be made. Because a fatal mistake ain't no get back. That's why every time I'm getting ready to do something different with this church, I pray to God I'm scared to death. I don't let nobody talk me into doing nothing before I hear it. If God ain't told me to do it, I ain't doing it. Because I'm going to be the one held accountable. You understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I listen. And then I'm praying. Because it scares me to death, Deacon, to make a move without having clear that it's going to work out right. Ain't nobody going to coach me into doing nothing quick, Brother Jim. Because I'm scared of God like that. See, y'all souls can get me put in hell. He's low on my own. Follow the leader. 1 Corinthians 11, 1. About this follow the leader. That's what St. Paul said. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. In other words, follow me as I follow Christ. Okay? I'm backing it up with Scripture. Everything I give to you about the nature of a sheep, I'm going to back it up with Scripture. Because this is good teaching here. You need this. We're all of it. So that we'll know our nature and understand our nature. The next nature of a sheep is that a nature of a sheep is a social being. He's a social animal. Sheep are a very social animal. In a grazing situation, like we're doing now, eating they need to see other sheep, right or wrong. When you come here to eat, don't you need to see some other sheep eating with you, Amen. Ain't that the nature of us, sheep? We love to see some other sheep that we, while we graze, and we can look up and see them graze too, right or wrong now. Ensuring that sheep always have visual contact with other sheep will prevent excess stress when moving or handling them. Now go to the Word. Hebrews 10.25. This is why it says what it says. Forsaking yourselves not to assemble yourselves together. Why? Because it relieves and prevents stress when moving or handling. Visual contact does something for us while we are Together.
Now let's look at. Are you following? Now let's look at the sheep senses. Senses are the tools that animals use to interact with their environment. Sheep and other animals share five basic senses. Sight, hearing, smell, taste, and touch. As a prey animal, and that's what a sheep is, a prey animal. That means that it can be preyed upon. As a prey animal, sheep must have excellent senses to ensure their survival. Matthew 10, 16. I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Is that what it says? Therefore be ye wise as a servant, but harmless as a dove, right? In other words, you got to use your senses. All five of them. Because every, every physical sense you have, there's a counteracting spiritual or sense. Physical hearing, there's a spiritual hearing. Spiritual taste, there's a physical taste. And so on. Let's deal with sight. Sheep have the ability to scan their surroundings with great peripheral vision. They see real good. There's only one problem. They don't have no depth on what it is they're looking at. They see a lot. I ain't trying to be funny, but sheep don't see further than the shepherd. A lot of times I may say do something, and you may not understand it because you don't see it. But if you just do what's being told to you, you it'll come to pass. You'll see it. You'll see it happen. You'll see it happen. You know the first thing to great leadership? Get your ego out the way. Get your little old puny ego out the way because your ego will mess up something. The sister said last night, you got a choice, two trees. You can either eat off that one and promote yourself, or you can eat off that one and let God promote you. That's a good word. That's right. That's a good word. See, that's what we do here at House of Death. And when you leave up out of here, you have something to eat on. Besides, where well, we had a good time. That's right. <laughs> we were slain in the spirit. We rolled on the floor. We spoke in tongues. Yeah, but... What kind of word did you have? It's the word that says. It ain't your speaking in tongues. It ain't your rolling in the flow. It's the word that says, that's right. It's the word that sanctifies you. What kind of word did you get? I'll upset your religion again. Oh yeah, I'll attack it. Because we need to be attacked. Because that's what keeps us from growing. Because, see, we put God in these little boxes. You know what I'm saying? We build up religions. Okay, we got this tongue-talking religion over here. Okay, we got this Pentecostal religion over here. Okay, we got this one over here. Okay, we got to roll on the floor. or Otherwise, we didn't have church. Well, you don't need to have church. You need to be the church. That's right. Am I upsetting anybody yet? Because I really want to this moment. I want to upset that demon called religion that holds us down and keeps us from being free. 
to come in here and just hear God's word. I'm telling you, if you just receive the word of the Lord, I guarantee you, all you got to do is speak it. And God will heal it. He'll do everything. You don't need no great big antics. All you got to do is speak the word. Don't nobody in here have to promote themselves to do nothing. God's doing that anyway. All you're doing is showing up. And God is showing out in your life. Putting you in places you didn't even think you were going to be. Just by showing up. All you got to do is show up. God do the rest. He will. They don't have no sight. They see, but they don't have no sight. Look at Genesis. I mean, yeah. Look at Genesis 3, 6 and 7. I'm going to back everything up with the word, because this is a good word for me anyway. Heaven me. 3, verse 6 and 7. Talking about this great sight that sheep have, but they ain't got no depth. Now watch what happens. They see everything, but they ain't got no depth to what they see. And that's what gets us killed. Watch the word. Genesis 3, verse 6 and 7. Are we there? And when the woman did what? Sound like sight to me. That the what was good? The tree. See, she saw that it was good for for food. And she saw that it was pleasant to the what? Uh Uh-huh. And she saw that it was a tree to be designed to make one what? That's what she took of it. She took of it because she didn't have no depth of understanding on what she was seeing. She saw it all. She see everything. She see when hell is beginning to break loose in the church. She see it. They know. But, in, but they, by them not understanding what it is that's about to take place in the church, they allow it to go on and happen. And what happens is, is that it wreaks havoc. And the next thing you know, the weak ones begin to leave. Because the first thing the devil wants to do is divide and conquer. Amen. But if you got depth to what it is you see, then you'll deal with that. And it'll never get to that place. Right or wrong? Sheep see their children need to be dealt with. But they don't have no depth on what it is that they're looking at so they think it's all right. But let me tell you something, all of you. That thing will come back to bite you. You better deal with it while you got a chance. Because it ain't cute. Now get mad, but get glad, because I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. See, we see, but we ain't got no depth to it. We shallow-minded. So we make decisions shallow-minded. We don't seek God before we do it. We sit down and we go on our emotions because we feel guilty about something. Yes, we do. Ain't sought God for nothing. Ain't sought nothing but your feelings. And let me tell you something about feelings. Yeah, put you where I was in hell. That's what feelings will do. Oh, they'll get you. 
can't get you now. So the lust of the flesh, because she saw that it was good. The lust of the eyes, she saw that it was a pleasant treat to look upon. And the pride of life, it made one wise. That's the three things that causes a man to fall all over the world. Those three things. It's right here in the beginning. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Those three things. Let's go back. Hearing. Deal with hearing. Sheep have excellent hearing. Sheep are frightened by sudden loud noises, such as yelling and barking. Uh-oh. Remember what? The rolling on the floor and... Uh, remember what I was telling you? That frightened the sheep. <coughs> take them off their game plan. You know what I mean? It does. You know them kind that you standing over and they got that one eye open looking to see who it is standing over. Well, that Jesus told me that. And you get ready to throw the sheet over, you should have just wrapped it on around his neck. Drug him. Come on here, let me talk to you. Drug him in the back room and had a talk with him. Because you don't play game with God, do you, brother? Down there want somebody to see them. And they're the same ones every week. They go right back up there and do the same thing over again because they want to be seen. <laughs> I'm going to upset religion. Yes, I am too. I'm going to upset it. When all you got to do is speak the word. That's all Jesus did. Jesus didn't go around speaking in tongues. He just spoke the word where you could understand it. Be ye healed. He didn't go through no antics. So why do we do it? I'm just asking a question. You see how silly we are as a church. I'm just asking a simple question. The only thing that I saw at crazy was those who were possessed with demonic spirits. They don't want to throw themselves on the floor. Read the book. Read the book. Don't go by what a man says. Read the book. And don't come back telling me, yeah, but. Because the book didn't say, yeah, but. Just do what the book says. Don't come to me with your, yeah, but. Your, yeah, but don't have no authority with this word. This word is the ultimate authority. Are you with the word? In response to loud noises and unnatural sounds, sheep become nervous and more difficult to handle. Oh, they running around. Hey, hey, hey. You know what I'm saying? They become difficult to handle. And then you're up here trying to preach the word from heaven to them and they're missing it. Because of the commotion. And the devil loves commotion because it takes your mind off what God is saying. I'm going to cut that devil up out of here. I got to. Because I know I'm preaching the word of God to you. And y'all know it too. 
What the devil wants to do is take you off your game plan. And the best way to get you off your game plan is to hit you with some unnatural sounds and noises. That's right. To draw your attention That's right. away from what's being said. Do you understand what God is trying to tell his church this morning? There's a time to praise and worship, and then there's a time to sit down and eat. And right now it's time to sit down and eat. Right along. You can't talk and eat at the same time. That's true. You get choked. This is due to the release of stress-related hormones. That's why they do that. That's why she do that. They run around in circles. They think they're in the spirit, and all it is is they, they, they're releasing stress hormones are being released. Why? Because they, begin, they, they get emotional. I didn't say they get spiritual. I said they get emotional, people. Mm-hmm. Study up on sheep, and then we'll know us. That's why Jesus said what he said about sheep, us being sheep. We just like them. Matter of fact, we are them. To minimize stress, look what happened. The handler should speak in a what kind of voice? Quiet and calm voice. Preaching is for the unsaved. Teaching is for those that say. It's through the preaching that people get saved. But the teaching comes after. That's where you start growing in God. That's where you start getting the depth. That's when you tone it down, quiet it down, and start teaching. You start placing the Word of God in people spiritually. That's why this place is so anointed in God. Yes, I'm bragging on you. I'm bragging on the God in you. Because I know what you are. Not crazy. That's why we feel another. Didn't he say it was going to be a remnant? That really get this thing? That's the Word. Sheep should not be worked in the presence of barking dogs. <laughs> Ooh, that's tight, but it's right. A barking dog. Romans ten seventeen. Go there. Bible say faith come about what? And hearing come about a what? You gotta hear it. Now how you gonna hear it if it's barked at you? Or you gonna hear it barking. So barking to get you riled up. Mm -hmm. Barking to get you riled up just like the one that's barking at you. You take a dog, let a dog start barking at you aggressively, you'll get a little rock. Let him be calm and you'll probably be calm with him and you'll be no ready to receive Faith comes about him. Hearing comes about the word of God. Hear it. Faith. Now let's deal with smell. Sheep know what predators smell like. Amen? Amen. 
She used the sense of smell to locate water, their blessings, and detect differences in feed and pasture plant. Boy, that's deep. Go to Exodus 30, verse 37 and 38. Exodus 30, verse 37 and verse 38. Exodus 30, verse 37, verse 38. Look here. Now, we're talking about smell, right? They say they use this sense of smell to locate water and detect differences in feed and pasture plant. Look, look what the word says. Are we there? Exodus. Because this is a tight word here. And as for the perfume which thou shalt make. First of all, we make perfume by what we do and the way we live. And our souls gives off a fragrance. That's why the walls of Jericho had to come down, because Jericho represents the place of fragrance. That's your soul. In order for the bottle to be broken, the wall had to come down so that the perfume could come forth. Do y'all understand the spirit up in here, what I'm saying about Jericho? You got people walking around and they're to march around seven times. It ain't nothing happened yet. Did am I lying? Ain't nothing happened yet because they don't have no spiritual depth on what's going on. Let's deal with this smell because everything we do, see, our soul emits a smell before God. It might be a righteous one, which is a, a sweet smelling one, or a stinking one. Go right back to them two trees. Are you trying to do it yourself or are you letting God do it? What's the word? And as for the perfume which thou make, ye shall not make. To yourselves, according to the composition thereof, it shall be unto thee holy for the Lord. Watch this. God told Moses, Moses, you make this perfume. This uh, apothecary is what it's called. An anointed perfume. You make that in accordance to the way I'm telling you to make it. What he was saying there is that these are the instructions on us living an acceptable life so that it will give up a sweet smell to him. You do it my way, Mo. Don't you make this your way. You do this my way. Watch what else he said. Talking about smell. says in verse 38, who shall make, who, whosoever shall make like unto that to smell thereto shall even be cut off from his people. In other words, God will cut us off if we try to do this our way. Anybody that tries to make that perfume, in other words, those that don't want to go by this word want to do it because of the way they've been brought up. and all. Y'all understand what I'm talking about. God said, I'll cut you off. You think you're all right, but you really won't be all right. You won't be all right. You got a lot of church folk think they're all right. Well, my mama did it this way, my daddy did it this the way we did it over here. Nobody cares about that. We do it the way God said do. See, that extracurricular activity, that's what's got the church messed up now. Doing elected slide. Like we saw some doing this morning at church on TV. Just doing it. Just hunching. I'm saying, my God. 
Is it not the club? Ain't much different. Good gracious, I got no problem without somebody enticing me. I got no problem even in, even by trying to stay away. So I sure don't need to get where that is. Jesus. Let's deal with feeling. Oh boy. The sheep lips, mouth, and ears lend themselves. I know I'm going over a little bit, but we're going to finish this. Usually I'm through. The lips, the sheep lips, mouth, and ears lend themselves to feeding behavior. Groups of animals that have body contact remain calmer. Did y'all hear that? Groups of animals that remain together with body contact. The body is the body of Christ. You got to have contact with the body. Can't do this thing on your own now. You've got to have some kind of contact with the body. Forsake not the assembly of the brethren. Forsake not to assemble yourself together. You got too many people think they can do this thing by themselves. That's you right. can't do it by yourself. You can, you're fooling yourself. We need each other. We need close contact. That's right. Because sometimes we're going to be in close quarter combat. That's where things get real tight. And you got to fight real hard close together to keep the enemy defeated. Now you ain't too close if you're supposed to be here and you way over yonder somewhere. Or at home. Thinking you all right. Now you ain't all right. Because you're trying to do, you're trying to make the perfume your way now. Oh yeah, I'm going to come back to it. You're trying to make it up the way you want it made up now. I can do it this way. Your finest hour is to come when you don't feel like coming. That's, That's right. when you learn the most. That's right. What the devil be trying to do, keep you from coming. To hear what you need to hear instead of what you want to hear. That's right. It's for the young, the old, and the, all that other. It's for everybody. Acts 17, 27, talking about feeling. Somebody apparently we might feel after him. We'll find him because he's never far away. That's right. If we just seek after him. And happily if we just feel after him. Just feel after God. Talking about feeling. Feel after God that's in one another. That's what we need to try to touch in each other. We don't need to try to touch the dirt. No. Try to touch the God in one another. And let's talk about that with each other. Now let's talk about taste. Sheep have the ability to differentiate the food that it eats. Psalm 34, verse 8, talking about taste, say, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Talk about taste. However, sheep cannot balance. Hear me good. They have the ability to differentiate the food that it eats, but they're not able to balance the ration provided with the varied variety of food. So they have the ability to differentiate the food. They know the difference in the pasture, but they can't balance it out, the meal. Now, God has a remedy for that. Ecclesiastes 12, 11. God knew that. That's all that we do with it. 
Ecclesiastes 12, verse 11. When you get there, please say amen. It's, everybody? It says that Ecclesiastes 12, that's next to Proverbs, one book over. The word of the wise are as goads, and as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies. Mm-hmm. Those that know what they're talking about. Which are given from what? One shepherd. You see what's killing folks? They're running here, they're running there, they're running here, they're running there. They're running all over the world, just like I would say, they'll run to and fro from the east to the west, all over in there, looking for a word, but they won't find it. See, they are not able to balance it out. So what they do is they get confused, because this one over here teaching this, this one over here teaching that, this one over here teaching this. So each time they go, they go through a different pastor. But the Bible says you need to stay under that one shepherd. Y'all read it. You read it. Read it. So everything that comes through here, the preachers on the same area of the house. They're under the same anointing of the house. So there's no contradictory in the teaching. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You go out there and they'll tear you apart. Eat you up. Take all your spiritual knowledge from you and put you back into that low-level stuff again. And it sounds good to you. You think you got something. And you've been, see, you don't know how to balance the meal. You know it's different, but you don't know how to balance it. That's what the word says, sheep. That's why the word of the Lord said, look, the masters of assemblies, they're the ones that teach you. You need to stay under that one shepherd. And then let the word of God come to flow through. Because if God planted you, that's what you're supposed to do. Right? Yeah, a plant. Do you see a plant running all over the place? Come on, man. <laughs> Look at Joe Dita Lamb. You, <laughs> you have a plant, but, but serious. Now, now it look real stupid, right? Come on now. For, for God, for you to plant a plant, right? And every time you turn around, you go to your front yard or your backyard and that plant doesn't move. Now you think something wrong, wouldn't you? If you planted that plant right there and that thing moving all over, huh? Tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> it's not just not plant. But every time you turn around, see, we've had them kinds. And they never got nowhere. Because you got to stay in a proper soil for you to grow. But if you don't stay there long enough, you just uproot you. You know what I'm saying, people? Just look at yourself as a plant. That's what God called you. He said, every plant is planted by my heavenly Father. If it's not planted by me, it'll be rooted up. Getting close to finish. Normal sheep behavior, sheep behavior. Changes in normal, page two. Changes in normal behavior can be an early sign of illness of sheep. Y'all hear me? I'm going to say it again. Changes in normal behavior can be an early sign of illness in sheep. The most, uh, yeah. The most obvious example of this relates to the sheep's most natural behavioral instinct, and that is the flocking instinct. A sheep or lamb that is isolated from the rest of the flock is likely showing early signs of illness unless it's lost. 
Even the last sheep through the gate should be suspected of not feeling well, especially if it's usually the first sheep that's through that door. When you see one start lagging, it ain't going to be long. He's sick. Or she's sick. We've seen it. All you got to do is stand right here and you'll see. You can see the next one. Now, right now, we're helping. And, and God's going to keep making it healthy because God ain't bringing nothing in here but what he wants. Now, the rest of it, he, he, he's shifting. That's why I ain't getting in the way of God. I ain't trying to bring nothing up in here. I'm bringing it. We bringing it. But what I'm saying, I'm not trying to do it out of my own accord. That's what I'm saying. I'll give anything a try. But I'm letting God, as I bring, I'm letting God be the one to establish. Because what I've learned about God is that you can do work over here in that community, but God will bring the growth from somewhere else. He does it every time. God will put it in somebody's heart to come this way that you, were, you, you didn't even have on your mind. Won't he? All because of the efforts that we made over here. See, just because we plant over here don't mean that we're going to harvest over here. The world is too big of a harvest. God do what he want to do. You understand what I'm saying? So while we're looking over here where we've been doing the work at, just do the work. God had increased. Just, all God wants you to do is do the effort. Talk to somebody about Jesus. That's all God wants you to do. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Appetite. Healthy sheep are eager to eat. When you come here to the house of death, they, they eager. You better feed them. They're going to look at you crazy. Healthy sheep are eager to eat. Sheep bleat in anticipation of being fed and will rapidly approach the feeding area. They come up in here with smiles when they be ready to eat. Yeah, it's true. It's the truth. They don't come in here to play around. They come up here, they want some food. John 21, verse 16, Jesus told Peter, Peter, if you love us, thou me, feed my sheep. Why? Because he knew that them sheep was going to be eagerly anticipating to hear the word of God. He knew it. Because he knows the nature of sheep. Last but not least, let everybody say, watch out for what? That's a goat. Uh-huh. That's a goat. While sheep are generally a docile, that word docile means that they're easily instructed. They're teachable. Non-aggressive animals. This is not usually the case with a ram, especially during breeding season. Catch that. Catch that. God just gave you a revelation. Breeding season, growth, right or wrong. That's when the ram act the food. That's when he'll raise his head during the growth season. Watch out for rams. It happens every time. Every time we get to growing, I'm taking you back down to down to the thing now. I'm reminding you now. Every time we get to growing, a ram will raise his head. But I'm gonna shoot him this time. The ram got gonna get shot this time. Let nothing rise up in here. I ain't playing no game. I don't work too hard now. Don't work too hard now. I'll fight you. Oh, yes, I will. I mean, literally. 
We'll go out there in both hands. You can beat me and I'll still come up here with a knotted head and preach. But I will fight you because I ain't going to have it. I ain't going to have no rams now. We're going to be sheep. I meant what I said too. Rams can be very aggressive and have been known to cause serious injuries, even death to people because people fall. That's what rams do. Cause injuries to people. A ram should never be trusted. Even if it is friendly or was raised as a pet. I raised some pets that was a ram tried to kill me. It is important to always know where the ram is and don't ever turn your back on a ram. Children, and that's what we are, children of God, should never be restricted access, should be restricted access to ram during growth season. Breeding season. Why? Because that ram will try to get him to follow what they want. And a child don't know no better. That's why the ram always go at the weakest. See, the ram know who he's going at. Ram won't go at the strong one. He'll go at the weak one. Try to butt, butt him over in a corner somewhere. But now, even if the strong one turns his back, that ram will try to ambush him. Headbutting is both a natural <laughs> and learned behavior in ram. Old ram loves to butt heads with you. You should avoid petting or scratching a ram on the head. Don't pet no goat. That's petting a demon. The ram may see this as a challenge or aggressive behavior. In general, the ram sees you as part of the flock and does what? He wants to do what? Dominate you. He wants you to do it his way. I want the goat. So here is the nature of sheep. Study that. Just don't fold that up and throw it away, but go back over that and study that thing because that thing there learns you something about the body of Christ. And understand that God told us to go after lost sheep, not the goat. You got to know the difference between the two. Because not only will a goat knock over all the seats in here and put holes in the wall, but he'll knock you out of the seat too. And as he's going out the door, he'll still be tearing up stuff. That's a goat. He'll chew on everything, he'll bite on everything. And when he get outside, he'll still be on that telephone trying to destroy something. That's what a goat will do. I'm telling you about a goat, a ram. Beware of ram. Let's give God a hand.